Section forty nine of Christmas and Christmas Lore. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Christmas and Christmas Lore by Thomas G. Crippen. Section forty nine. New Year's Eve. Hogmanay. Neither in the Roman nor in the Anglican Church calendar is there any authoritative recognition of New Year's Day or of its eve. This is owing to the fact that throughout Western Christendom the ecclesiastical year was supposed to begin with Advent, but in very early times every great ecclesiastical festival had its octave, a kind of diminished celebration on the eighth day the intermediate days being devoted to meditation on the topic of the season. Now the octave of Christmas, being New Year's Day, came into violent collision with the heathen festivity of the calends of January, which was often an occasion of much licentiousness. For a time, therefore, the church in many places kept the day as a fast by way of protest. But about the seventh century, if not earlier, it was remembered that as a son of Abraham, Jesus was circumcised the eighth day and received the name that is above every name. A festival of the circumcision therefore supplanted the octave of Christmas, and perhaps by way of compensation, the observances due to the latter were extended to twelve days. The first of January, however, was not honoured with a vigil such as had been accorded to most of the greater feasts. The midnight services with which the new year is introduced in some Anglican churches are not, therefore, a survival of ancient custom, but are frankly borrowed from Methodism. In the early days of the Methodist revival, about 1741, some colliers at Kingswood, who before their spiritual awakening had been accustomed to spend their Saturday nights in revelling and drunkenness, began to spend those nights in prayer and thanksgiving. Wesley approved of their practice and commended it, with modifications, to the Methodist Society in London. The devotional meeting was to be held monthly, on the Friday night nearest to the full moon. The first such meeting was held on 19th of April, 1742. In course of time, the watch night came to be specialised on New Year's Eve, and in 1750, Charles Wesley gave to the church that inspired and inspiring lyric, Come, let us anew our journey pursue, etc., where within Methodist circles the new year is welcomed throughout the world. A custom which long survived in the Lake District, and which perhaps is not yet quite extinct, may be regarded as semi-ecclesiastical. This was to ring out the old year with muffled bells, and to follow with a merry peal immediately on the stroke of midnight. But, for the most part, the observance of New Year's Eve is ostentatiously secular. There's no need to enlarge on its character as displayed around the Tron Kirk in Edinburgh, in St Paul's Churchyard, London, and elsewhere when Scotchmen do congregate. Drinking was and is a great feature of the Scottish New Year's Eve. Bonfires were lighted in some places to burn out the old year, 
in others a tar barrel was set on fire and carried about the village its embers being kept as a charm against witchcraft formerly in the highlands it was usual on new year's day to fumigate the house stables byres etc with juniper to preserve both man and beast from harm through the coming year a similar custom persists in southern germany austria and tyrol the peasant goes with all his household through every room and outhouse his wife carrying a vessel of holy water and a censer every human being every beast and even the provisions must be purified with sacred smoke and the holy sprinkling in some places according to kirchmeyer this fumigation was performed on twelfth night and some he says repeated it on three nights in succession new year's eve is a favourite season for divinations in germany lead is melted in a spoon over a candle and thrown into water omens being drawn from the shapes it assumes in lithuania various symbolic objects usually nine of them are formed of dough baked and laid under nine platters each person takes up three and whatever he gets will be symbolic of his future for the year in greece two olive leaves to represent a pair of lovers are laid on the cinders as these curl approach recoil or flame up so will be the issue of the courtship one cannot fail to observe the close resemblance of these practices to those described by burns as customary in scotland on halloween which as has been said above was the celtic new year's eve an enormous amount of ingenuity has been spent in endeavours to trace the parentage of the cabalistic word hagmana or hogmanay which with its innumerable variants is found in begging ditties sung on new year's eve throughout western europe the classical derivation from the greek hagia mene i e holy month is probably the least likely of all not much likelier is a guess that goes back to the heathen yuletide affirming that the night before the solstice was called hugenot i e slaughter night with reference either to sacrifice or to the slaughter of cattle for the feast or for winter provision this with many said to be the cup of remembrance always drained at the yule feast furnishes a hybrid and very improbable etymology of hogmanay less far-fetched is the guess that derives hogmanay trolleray from a forgotten french epiphany carol said to have commenced l'homme trois rois la etc but it seems much more likely that an old french chanty oguimene tiriliri mais du bon et point de pie may have been developed partly by translation and partly by corruption into the scottish hogmanay trolleray gies your white bread and nane be a grey gui is the french name for mistletoe so that oguimene would be lead to the mistletoe 
Miles says this derivation is generally discredited, as well as another from Auguille en neuf, i.e. to the mistletoe the new year, but he does not suggest anything more probable. Aguilleneuf is used in France both for the last day of the year and for the gift that is then expected. Aguilando and Aguinaldo are Spanish forms for a Christmas box. Hoginane was Norman French. Other forms were Hoguinano and Hoguinet for gifts. In Brittany, the cry was Ogiane, and the boys called themselves the Hogialnu. In the Isle of Man, a ditty of a similar character was sung by mummers on the eve of All Saints' Day, which, as we have seen, was the Celtic New Year's Eve, the commencement of winter. It began, Tonight is New Year's Night, Hogunar. A very similar form occurs at Roxburgh, and elsewhere in the south of Scotland, viz. Hunganay. Quite a different, it may be an independent, derivation is suggested by the ditty sung at Richmond in Yorkshire. Tonight it is the New Year's night, tomorrow is the day, and we are come for our rights, for our ray, as we were used to do in old King Harry's day. Sing, fellows, sing, hug, man, hey! A hug is an old Yorkshire word for a wood or coppice, and a hagman was a woodcutter. It seems not unlikely that this last version, originating at a time when old King Harry was still in living memory and wood was commonly used for fuel, may have been the woodcutter's appeal to his customers for a seasonable remembrance. Another chant he runs thus. Rise up, good wife, and shake your feathers, and do not think that we are beggars. We are bairns come out to play, so come and gyatsa hugmane. An old Guizat rhyme recorded in the Gentleman's Magazine, 1790, carries a grim suggestion. Rise up, good wife, and be now swear to deal your bread as long's you're here. The time will come when you'll be dead, and neither want for meal nor bread. The same superstitions, now chiefly remembered by way of jest, respecting first footings on Christmas mornings, apply to the earliest moments of the new year. Many country folks still observe the old custom of opening all the doors in the house a minute or two before midnight on 31st of December, and leaving them open until the clocks have struck the hour. This is called letting the old year out and the new year in, or, as others affirm, the expulsion of the old Adam and welcoming the new. In the west of England, it was customary before breakfast on New Year's morning to open the Bible at random, to read the verse on which the finger happened to rest, and from it to deduce omens or prognostications for the opening year. In several places, both in England, Wales and Scotland, the first who at midnight on New Year's Eve can draw from the well a pitcher of new water will have the best luck. 
one thinks perforce of the well of St. Keen. The water, drunk on New Year's morning, is a charm against witchcraft and the evil eye. In some parts of Italy, the well is decorated on New Year's Eve. In the morning, the girls go as usual for water, but the lads are on guard and only sell the water for nuts, fruit or kisses. The first Monday in the new year is, in various places, called Hansel Monday, the word meaning first sale or use. It is deemed lucky to receive money early in the day, and very unlucky to let anything go out of the house before breakfast. End of section 49. Recording by Jane Bennett.